0: This week, Michael Levin and I decided to talk about movies we have seen instead of movies we haven't. So this week, we watched nothing.
1: Welcome back to How Did You Miss This, a show where we go to the wall for the movies we have seen. I am Evan Toller Hickey with me, as always, Michael Hansen and Krista Shane. And today is a very, very special episode. Why? Because it is our very first semi annual, or whenever we feel like it, Wall of Fame episode. Yay! Yay! So, Chris, why don't you tell everybody about the exciting special episode they are in for?
0: Yeah, so uh, we decided that um, because for some reason, episode 17 is a very special landmark uh, that we would uh, take a moment to recognize some of the awesome stuff and not so awesome stuff about some of the movies we've watched so far. We thought it'd be a cool opportunity to talk about some of the stuff that we've liked best or stood out about a bunch of the movies that we've watched. So what we've done, we've gathered together a bunch of categories uh, from uh, the various films that we've watched that we want to talk about what we thought uh, did it the best. Uh, and so we're, what we're going to do is, is run through a whole bunch of different categories of these uh, awards to hand out our How Did You Miss This Missy Awards uh, for uh, brilliance in different categories. Uh, the format for this episode is going to be a little bit different than usual because what we'll do, we'll announce the award that we want to be handing out. We'll run through some of the auspicious nominees for that category. And then we're going to have to have a little bit of negotiation here because the rules for today are. Uh, Two of us need to concur that a movie, an actor, uh, whatever it is, uh, goes up on our wall of fame. And that will stay up there until we decide to take it down for a better candidate. Or it's it's dethroned in our next one or the one after that. Or maybe never, because who knows? Uh, We'll see what happens after this. But um, that's how it's going to work today. So we'll have a bunch of categories we'll go through. And if we can get to some form of agreement without bludgeoning each other, uh, then uh, a movie or an actor will be crowned with the auspicious title of Missy winner, which, of course, uh, they will cherish for the rest of their lives if they ever actually happen to hear uh, that they got it. So that's the setup for today.
1: Sounds good to me. I am so excited to hear what you all have nominated for these particular ones. I am I, I'm so, I am so stoked for yeah, this Yeah, we've had
0: we've had basically zero conversation other than agreeing on the categories that we wanted to put forward uh, for this. Uh, and so, maybe without further ado, let's get started. So. The first category for today, the slow burn appreciation award. This goes to a movie uh, that you need to watch repeatedly to fully appreciate its depth, and its brilliance. So uh, starting us off, Evan, why don't you introduce who you thought were valid nominees for this category?
1: Well, I think that it goes without saying a movie that requires repeated watching to really go deep in your heart is, of course, Empire Records. And uh, I'm just just kicking this whole show off with that. No, I think that (sighs) I think that uh, it's going to be every, every every single category, isn't it? Everyone I have figured out how to work it in. Uh, No, I think that for the Slow Burn Appreciation Award, the the one that I'm going to put actually forward here is Vertigo with uh, a Jacob's Ladder number two with a bullet.
0: Interesting. I, I, I was also thinking about some movies that, um, bear rewatching to fully appreciate and, and, um, you know, enjoy more. The one that stood out for me in this category as well was in Bruges, because I find like, you just notice more and you pick up more, uh, on that, that movie, uh, every, every single time you see it.
1: Now, do you think that In Bruges is a slow burn appreciation or is it something that you appreciate, but every time you go back to you appreciate more?
0: It's the award for a movie that you need to watch repeatedly to fully appreciate its depth and brilliance, not to like, like it all. Yeah.
1: All the information is in the task,
0: Evan.
2: All right. Yeah. Okay. Michael. So I, I put forward, you shouldn't be surprised. I put forward Jacob Slatter. Because I, I was very clear. I watched this many, many times over the past thirty years, and I always seem to find something different in it. But I also considered, uh, strongly considered, uh, the town because as we talked about at the time. Like that would have been such an interesting miniseries. It's something that you go back to it and you say, "Well, what about? What if they had done this? There's so much more to tell about this. Like there's a real." Uh, interesting thing there that I, I, I strongly consider it, but I have to go with Jacob's Ladder. That's why I put it forward in the first place. And I think that, that one keeps growing on me every time.
0: Now, that that being said, my my other nominee for this category was going to be Vertigo 2. So, um, not the sequel to Vertigo. Vertigo also. Uh, Vertigo 2. Which was, is, in <laughs> fact, the sequel to Vertigo. Weirdly <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> um, well,
1: yeah, You know what? So, I, I think that Jacob's Ladder... Deserves to go on the wall for Slow Burn Appreciation Award. And so I am happy. To oh dear God my oh yeah oh yes yeah. so that Jacob's ladder is on the wall the first on the wall the first ever Missy oh. the slow burn appreciation award I goes regret to thinking of this episode Jacob's <laughs> ladder congratulations Michael and congratulations
2: everyone who is involved in Jacob's ladder. <laughs> This is amazing news for me. We're off to a good start and I can just see the rest of the episode playing out the exact same way.
0: (laughs) I can see that happening as well. And the joy and enthusiasm has never overwhelmed me more. All right. uh, Moving on to our next category, which I fear will now include uh, movies that I did not love. Wanderlust Cinema Award. This goes to the movie that celebrates a film location. We most want to visit and experience in real life. So, Michael, I'm going to let you kick us off with the nominees that you thought stood out for this
2: category. I will make you very happy. I picked 13 Assassins. Everything that I saw in that movie was something like I would love to be there. The the forest, the nature, the villages, everything about that was just like absolutely stunning. Um, so, so that was my number one choice. I seriously considered, and this is going to be a little bit cheating, I seriously considered vertigo from the way that they showed the environments. Now, I don't think that those colors exist in real life, but if they did, I would very much like to go and visit those places because everything was just like amazing. I have a nagging suspicion, though, that those things are not actually real. So 13 Assassins wins uh, for me. Does that involve time travel for you as well? Well, if you could make, maybe that would be the Vertigo 2. Uh, it would be about time. Vertigo Vertigo also. Right. Vertigo also. And and that might solve this problem. So maybe next time we do the show, we'll, I will put that forward. All right. Well, interesting. I had a few other
0: options for this category. So uh, one of them is Amadeus. I've been to Prague, which is where it was filmed, but I've never been to Vienna, where it was supposed to take place. I'd love to see a lovely old city. I've Uh, Also put on my my short list here um, uh, in Bruges for Bruges because that was lovely. And the other one for me was um, about time because the Cornish coast was seemingly lovely, though filled with potentially uh, torrential rain and wind. But uh, those those are some that stood out. Evan, did you have anything else that stood out for you?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, Empire Records, the store would just be so great to visit and to you know spend some time in the listening booths, uh, really dig around in their stacks. But <clears throat> my two choices were uh, Bruges and the Cornish coast in about time. I haven't been to Bruges. It looks lovely. I have been to the Cornish coast and it is lovely. I really like being on the coast. So I think that I am going to make my vote the Cornish coast in about time. Maybe may, can we do a
0: Kentucky tour and like take a, a fast train from the Cornish coast to Bruges and do a,
1: a twofer? Oh, that- that's a that's a great idea. I mean, it's 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 just across the channel, basically. Right?
0: I feel I feel like it val- invalidates the premise of, of this where we have to hand it to one thing though. So, all right. I mean, I could I mean, if you're if
1: you're hard in on Bruges, I I'm, I'm happy to give it to Bruges. I really would like to go to Bruges. Between these two choices, I would say in Bruges. Okay. So that's my vote.
0: Well, okay, hold on. Which one do you prefer, Evan? The Cornish coast? Well, I mean, if uh, Michael Can I get like, you to flip your Can I get you to flip your vote on the Slow Burn Appreciation Award to Vertigo if we do the Cornish no, coast? No, no, in, in Bruges. In Bruges, okay, Bruges is fine. I'll go with I'll go with Bruges. So the winner of the Wanderlust Cinema Award is in Bruges for Bruges. Uh, well done, all the Bruges. Uh, awesome. Um, moving on to our third category, the overhyped award. This goes to the movie uh, that was most overrated and did not live up to the massive hype surrounding it uh so i'll kick us off here I, I i had two movies that really uh stood out for me um one was especially because it was an old favorite of mine and then re-watching it after some time there's something about mary one of the biggest comedies rom-coms ever wasn't as good on the the rewatch, but i think the one that really first and foremost for me uh stood out as being overhyped uh when we watched it was Vertigo. Like it's supposed to be the best movie ever, according to film directors and whatever. It was fine. But like the hype going in, just it, it was a lot. It was too much. What about you guys? Are there other categories there? There are other movies in the category that you want to call out?
1: Well, those are the exact two I had on mine. Well, negotiation so, to go. Uh, so, so, so there you, there you go. I mean, I, I agree with you that Vertigo as best movie in cinema history I mean, when you talk about overhype, that's a lot of overhype. And I was the one who hadn't seen There's Something About Mary. I'd had you know, 25 years of people telling me, oh, my God, it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, and so that was overhyped to me. But I think Vertigo has been overhyped to the world. Everybody. Yeah.
0: Michael, anything else that stood out for you as maybe being overhyped?
2: Okay. So I think we're going to have a winner. I also put my number one pick was there's something about Mary for all the reasons we've talked about uh, before. It was just like looking at again, you can, I, I I had to say to myself, how did I like it at that time? But I'm going to surprise you with my second one. My second one that I really considered was, um, uh, Harold and Maude. Hmm. because I, I really thought, well, I'd heard so much about it over time. I was expecting so much going in and then I'd, just didn't get that so that that was my yeah. considerate but the number one has to be uh, there's something about Mary. I,
0: I thought about Harold and Maude too that was kind of like a, a didn't make the cut but it was on my short list for the the movies that we thought about Um I will say I will lean pretty heavy into vertigo on this one though because for me it was just like way overhyped going in I, I, I don't know if either of you are there I know Michael's looking at there's something about Mary but I'm, I'm looking Evan which which one is it for you, you seem to be the kingmaker this episode I I I'm thrilled with my role right now. Uh, yeah. Making as, me cringe about Empire Records and Making Kings. Those are the know, two things I mean, you have to do how, in this episode. Oh,
1: lovely, lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I'm eating it all up. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as I would love to see there's something about Mary uh, get an overhype award, because I agree it is it's completely overhyped. I do think that, again, Vertigo being called the best movie ever made yeah to me that that is that is true overhype the ultimate hype yeah it is the ultimate hype
2: so this is the this is the dissenting voice of the supreme court so i know the decision is made wrong that is a bad decision (laughs) this is going to come back and bite you in the buttocks for a very long time because hey overhype for something that is seven years old Eight years old, 100 years old. What was Vertigo made? 1922. Um, I think think the bigger crime is something that was in at least kind of like the, the, you know, remembered past. So shame on uh, you both.
1: Let's point out that Vertigo wasn't called the greatest movie of all time until the 90s. So it is kind of contemporaneous in that. Sense with and, and it's the number two Mary.
2: movie on the sight and sound list. Uh, which and it's interesting, actually. So, you're actually giving hope for there's something about marrying like there's hope for that yet to be called that at a later stage. So, so we well called overhyped, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but as, as it is
0: said, so it shall be written in the annals of Missy history. The Missy Award for Most Overhyped, I believe, is being handed out to. Of Vertigo. Congratulations, Vertigo, for being way too much for what you are. Um, the Adrenaline Rush reward is our next category. The Adrenaline Ooh. Rush award goes to recognize the movie with the best action sequence that keeps viewers on the edge of their seats. I believe uh, it's your turn, Evan, to
1: bring forward our nominees for this I mean, obviously, I have to call out the shoplifter scene from Empire Records. Uh (laughs) He's going to do it on every single one. But I will say that I think that there is a clear winner in this category, and it, it stands above The town, it stands above Fast and the Furious, and that is the final act of 13 assassins for 45 minutes of just bananas action. That is my one nominee. B-A-N-A-N-A-S
0: bananas i i i mean i'm i'm 100 those are the things i had to i had 13 assassins uh and the town especially i i said the second robbery but i would have happily said the first in that movie as well which was which is great but yeah the 13 assassins in the last battle for me is definitely uh up there michael was there any other uh any other scenes that stood out for
2: you okay so here's my thing i think my number one pick was the town first Action sequence because I think it is so well executed and I remember at the time like it just it really sets the stage so well yeah. lots of tension so perfectly uh, done I think that that one wins hands down but I strongly consider and this might surprise you um, a lot especially because I didn't necessarily love the movie going in but the Fast and the Furious I think that the first uh, race in it mm-hmm. it's great the whole thing where where Paul Walker is. It's so set up. He's so prepared. It's like great tension. It's realistic. And then it's the whole meltdown around like him using the, the Nitro too early, not reading it well. I think that one is a super strong contender. So, so for me, though, the town wins, particularly the first thing. And here's, I'm not sure that you can call 45 minutes of a movie an action sequence. You might call it. You know, that's really good action, but I'm not sure that that's an action sequence. I would ask you you gentlemen to to go back and refine your um, uh, positions just slightly. Hey, man, you're the one who wanted to go back in time for a Wanderlust Award. So,
1: you know, I I think that uh, 45 minutes of the same nonstop battle is
0: a sequence. I don't, yeah, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen a time limit applied to a sequence, but uh I, I'm I'm there. So um is do uh Evan, do we have a vote for uh the the Thirteen Assassins, take it to Kashimi Ike. Done. It's uh we'll we'll put it in uh the mail uh and then he can promptly uh dismember the Missy, I guess, or something. Whatever he does and, with. and, and then make nine movies. Yeah, exactly. While well, he's the next doing four that. Months. so uh the Missy Award for the adrenaline rush uh award goes to uh 13 Assassins. Michael is feeling a little shouldered out. Michael, I'm happy to negotiate if you want to take um uh Jacob's ladder off the list for slow burn. I'm happy to trade votes though. I'm just putting that out there for future categories. Um moving on. Uh the next category we will be uh covering is the ensemble. Excellence Award. This is awarded to a film uh, with a standout ensemble cast uh, that displays exceptional chemistry on screen. Um, Michael, uh, this is to you for our
2: nominees. Okay. So this might feel obvious. I thought about it. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and I very quickly discarded it because I thought it had an amazing cast, but none of them kind of really showed sort of a coherent chemistry. I also really thought about uh, Platoon, because one of the things that they did really well is that they actually uh, acted as a as a platoon. Two sides, but it felt like a coherent thing. But for me, maybe surprisingly, I thought Miller's Crossing was the best ensemble because everyone, they had a individual role to play. They played on a side, and it just seemed like they all fit together so well. So for me, the number one thing is Miller's Crossing. That's That's what I'm going to put forward on this one. Interesting.
1: Uh,
0: Evan, did you have other stuff in this category?
1: I I do. In fact, uh, none of those three uh, made my category. I think in terms of ensemble excellence, Stand By Me has my number one, uh, because I think that is a really... Cohesive group of characters. I think that the work that Rob Reiner put in with his sort of theater camp at the beginning for those kids really paid off. And then, unironically, my my little second oh, is God, in it's fact serious this time.
0: Empire Records. Oh, it's it even hearing it for a real nomination. OK, OK. I understand why I t- totally understand why you would pick that for uh, ensemble. The The only other movie that I called up because I had some of the same movies that Michael had. Well, actually, I had Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, because. It was great. Uh, and there's a lot of amazing actors in there. I had Platoon. The, the other movie that I did want to call out, because I think it's something we talked about when we when we did our uh, episode on it, was like 13 Assassins. Because everybody is like perfect in those roles in that movie and playing off of each other from. Narutsugo is the, the the evil villain all the way down to uh, Hanbei is the right hand man and Shinze man is the leader of the thing. Like everybody's kind of in their perfect thing, playing their roles in the exact right pitch. So this is going to be interesting, though, because we're a little bit all over the place on this one. So mm-hmm. how is, are we going to get to something here? I don't know that Platoon was my favorite. I was actually had Glen Gary. Glenn Ross as my my actual like top of the heap.
1: You know, I agree with Michael in terms of amazing performances. But when I was thinking about the sort of like ensemble Excellence. I was thinking really of an ensemble cast where everyone is kind of working together and bouncing off each other, and mm-hmm. for the same reason why I wouldn't give it to Thirteen Assassins. Yeah, um, that's the, the That's same, why it wasn't the top of mind, too. Yeah. yeah. So so that Miller's Crossing, I, I of of all of the ones, sort of you know put forward. Maybe
2: that would be the one that I could be convinced the most to pick. How about Platoon? Because Platoon, like they really showed like a genuine camaraderie. Uh true. I don't know. The maybe. Maybe. Maybe Platoon. Chris might be the kingmaker on this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: it's tricky because I the thing I found in Platoon was that the the two people who really stand out bouncing off each other was really more of a duo where you've got like Barnes and Elias. And that's part of why it didn't go up to the top for me. Uh, Like you've got lots of other people there who play smaller parts, but it wasn't necessarily quite leveled. I'm, I'm actually getting a little bit convinced by Evan and this is going to surprise me when I hear myself say this out loud, but I'm getting a little bit convinced that four little kids might be the best ensemble.
1: I'm I'm thinking that they might be because they are truly an ensemble. Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. It's a, a little bit of a level level playing field. They all have their roles. They all. Oh, because, you know, I had thought, oh, you know, I mean, we're talking about chemistry and obviously the chemistry between Paul Walker and Finn Diesel is undeniable, but as an ensemble no like it's not it's an ensemble, ensemble cast. it's a it's ensemble. a duo exactly right. yeah 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 okay um yeah evan
0: i think oh, would i rather hey evan can we negotiate on jacob's
1: ladder no <laughs> <laughs> no jacob's ladder is for michael
0: i'm i uh, i'm i might say we push this one then because i don't know that i'm convinced because I do feel like the Glengarry, Gary, Glen Ross back and forth is of epic proportions, and that everybody has those moments in that movie. So, I, as as much as you are persuasive, I feel like this category is going to wind up being a first push where no no names. We're going to get hung on the wall of fame. Okay. Okay. Unless you guys are going to come to some agreement on Miller's crossing, and then I will regret my decision for all time.
1: Maybe later down the road, we can come back to this one uh, as as we try to trade chips. But uh, at this moment, the Ensemble Excellence Award stays missed. Yeah, an empty spot on
0: our wall of fame. No Missy Award, I think, is getting handed out for that one. To Evan's point, we can always come back and revisit this one. And, you know, if next time around we've mulled on it, we've chewed on it a little more and there's something that that makes sense, then great. Um, In the meantime, moving on to our next category, the Melodic Masterpiece Award. This is going to the movie uh, with the best soundtrack, and it features music that elevates the viewing experience. Now, um, this is uh, a category that I found myself a little bit surprised by some of the movies uh, I was considering. Uh, I had to narrow it down. Uh, One of the movies that I was very surprised as I kind of whittled the list down that I just want to make sure receives a nomination, not my choice, but a a very important nomination uh, is The Fast and the Furious I thought the movie was actually like the music in the movie was really good. It's, yeah. it's perfectly in place. It makes watching the movie uh, better. Uh, but the movie that uh, most stood out for the music and how much it elevated uh, watching that movie for me was uh, Amadeus. And the way that the uh, Mozart's music gets used in that is just couldn't, couldn't be better. It, it It is all about the music and the music is powerful uh, as it's used throughout that movie to lift uh, every scene it's, it's used. in. I, I'm curious if there's other movies that stood out. Yes. I know empire records is probably going to be mentioned, but besides I, empire. I, records. I didn't
1: have to, you did it for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amadeus is, is my vote on this one. Uh, it is Fantastic. The way that music is used in there, opera, when it's explained, is really badass. And I just the way that it is so integral to pieces, both within scenes, but also within people's minds. Uh, Salieri reading the music and you hearing it in his head and then the papers being whipped away and the music stopping just. Uh, to me, a runaway, run
2: away with this, with this award, Michael. Uh, you're just trying to culture wash this whole thing. You're trying to come across as these very sophisticated people. I, I don't care for it. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit different. <laughs> one of the, the things that you might think I would do is bring up Jacob's ladder. And I'm going to say, yes, I thought about it. The piano thing, incredibly, incredibly powerful to me. But the number one thing, not my pick, <laughs> was actually Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Because when, when I thought back about it and I thought about the role of this, the, the funk music and how it did it and the role that it's played since in subsequent um, contemporary music and, and movies, like I just thought like that really elevated it. And I didn't care for that movie that much, but I just thought like in that context, I thought that the music played like a, a really big role. So shame on both of you for going cultural, um, and doing like a, a, a high-end sort of thing, a masterfully um,
0: crafted sound experience. Shame if, on us! Yeah, shame, shame on us for enjoying good movies if, with good music. If and that's good sound. what
2: this experience is going to be like, then I have to rethink my entire next time whenever we do this <laughs> cultural. <laughs> uh,
0: well, uh, Evan, I think uh, by uh, some sort of formal handshake and uh, put doffing of a fancy wig, uh, yes. we can. Officially proclaim Amadeus as the winner of the Melodic Masterpiece Award. Uh, congratulations.
1: How's uh, yeah. everyone? Golf clap.
0: <laughs> Hello. Um, we will uh, send that off to Milos Forman uh, to pile up with the million Academy Awards uh, that he has uh, at home. And uh, on that note, huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, I think maybe it's time for a quick break. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, we can talk about a movie that made us shudder. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the first some period of time i guess uh misses uh we're doing the how did you miss this uh, awards for movies uh and we're moving on to a a movie that is um maybe not something uh that Stood the test of time we're going to be awarding the cringe worthy classic award Uh, this is to recognize but maybe recognize their own word in a bad way the movie that was once celebrated but in hindsight contains some stuff that's maybe now a little cringe worthy or outdated so uh, i believe this is to you evan uh who were your nominees for this category
1: Well, uh, in fact, this overlapped the overhyped award for me. The cringeworthy classic nominations for me would be number one, Vertigo, because that gets very, very cringy. And number two, there's something about Mary, because that uh, just does not stand the test of time. So those are my two. Michael, do you yeah?
0: Do you have anything else in this uh, in this category?
2: Uh, yes, I, I I will meet you halfway. So I really thought that like my number one pick was there's something about Mary because they should have known better. You look back and you go like, Ooh. but I also added in uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross because I think that there's some parts in that that have not translated well. There's some parts of the dynamic and how they talk to each other where I go like. Yeah, this this is not amazing. Uh, but my number one pick for this, for sure, is there's something about Mary. Interesting. I I I. Th- so on my
0: short list, uh, I also had Vertigo. But like, I think that movie is so intentional about making things creepy Fair and enough. whatever Fair that i was enough. like no that's that's the intent of that movie is to put that gross gaze onto things the other two movies that uh stood out for me well one of them for me was harold and maud uh i found big parts of that movie yucky self-harm and suicide aren't things that i thought were particularly funny um so maybe that's a a view that I would have had at the time, but definitely today I didn't find it particularly funny. But I think I'm agreed with both of you that the number one movie that made me cringe and squirm a little bit while I watched it was chunks of There's Something About Mary. I still found some humor in that movie, but yeah, there's definitely a lot there where, I mean... 20 some odd years makes a difference in what we think about stocking. So there we uh, go. Look at I, this. I unanimous? think it's our first unanimous one. What? Um, yeah. I don't know if uh, there's something about Mary will be enshrined for all time on the wall of, I guess maybe in this case, shame. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't feel quite right to be uh, rewatching it. So uh, there you go. We can ship this off to the Farley brothers and you know, I'm sure they'll be very proud of it. Moving right along to our next category, Uh, we're going to be handing out the Missy Award for the F-Bomb Award. That's celebrating a film that uh, most effectively and impactfully uses swearing to enhance the storytelling, Michael. Uh, to you, who are our nominees for the F bomb award?
2: Because the first, the obvious one because uh, you, you actually you went through the the, the trouble of engaging an audit firm to have a look at the number of times that it showed up in Glengarry Glen Ross are good for you yes I believe I believe it was Deshane Deshane and no one else I think it was Deshane nobody and no one else uh Ah. yeah who is actually doing the accounting for tonight as well they're walking the little briefcases out to us at the end that's a tremendous effort and I applaud you for that but but the, the one that might surprise you is I actually really thought that Miller's Crossing did a better job because with their little things, they're just some made-up slang words or how they did things. I, I thought it was more impactful. I know we talked about how they used it in Glengarry and escalated and meant different things. But for me, my number one pick would be uh, Miller's Crossing. I just think that that was the the better, more impactful use of uh, how they they this work. Did they swear in that movie? Even if they said Goldarn Nabbit," like that to me was more impactful.
1: Interesting. I feel like you're giving us the high hat. Yeah, yeah.
0: Treating us like a bunch of schnooks over here. Uh, Evan, uh, did you have other uh, movies
1: to put into this category? I did. You, I think that it would be easy to let Glengarry Glen Ross run away with this one, which is why it's my number two. My number one for the F-bomb award is in Bruges, particularly Harry's character in In Bruges. I think that he uses particularly the F-bomb so beautifully in the way that he delivers it. Your inanimate fucking object is incredible. And I think that it says a tremendous amount about his character and really enhances the storytelling itself. So in Bruges with Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, number two with a bullet.
0: I uh, find it really interesting because, I mean, when we did the episode, I found, especially because I did that counting, finding the use of of cursing in Glen Gary, Glen Ross and how that mimicked uh, what was going on with characters, how it changed with what was going on with characters uh, was incredibly impactful. But I, I had as my number two in Bruges, uh, for partly the reason that you're saying with Harry, but also with Ray. Uh because oh, yeah. it's used so effectively with Ray as he tells stories where suddenly you start sympathizing with him in some way, and then he throws out something terrible. Uh and it's kind of that thing that you know made me love and then hate and then doubt and then like and it's that twisted story that goes on with ray throughout that movie so i don't know i don't know how we sort this one because you've got one two and i've got two one i don't know is michael the king
2: maker on this one i i will say this was an incredibly compelling argument because when i think back about in bruce i i smile because of what you just said like it had the most brilliant use of language it wasn't immediately obvious to me at the time i didn't think about it but i am very happy to support in Bruge for this one there you go whoa the dark horse comes in
1: yeah takes the category from the front runner i'm amazed what an upset Qual- quality over what quantity, quantity I, I guess upset <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's uh, uh i can't well i'm not going to use any of the things that they said in, in bruges to justify it, but yeah it, it is a pretty big surprise so um i i didn't expect that either but in bruges we'll send it off to colin farrell and uh ray fines they can um split time with it uh i guess mm-hmm. uh, so the f-bomb award uh for uh cursing Goes to and Bruce, shocking. I'm, I can tell you, I'm surprised. I am fucking shocked. All right, moving right along to our next category. Uh, That is the Sinister Soul Award. Uh, This recognizes a villain whose malevolence and complexity made them stand out in this story. So I had a lengthy list of folks who belong in this category. I think we've seen a number of um, notable villains who, who really had their right place uh, in, in the movie. I had uh, a lengthy list. So the ones who stood out and I had a little bit of trouble narrowing it down, but I, I had four. One was Ace From Stand By Me. He is monstrous. He, Mm -hmm. you know, is just dastardly and evil and terrifying. And as we discussed, also turned into a vampire for uh, other movies. Lost Boys is the official sequel, I think. I had Fergie the florist from the town, though I feel like the only thing that is held against him is screen time. He isn't in the movie an awful lot, but he is menacing in all the right ways and helps propel that story forward. I had Harry from Bruges, who is great and also delightful and has a code. Uh, but my number one pick for this category by a bow shot was Lord Naritsugu, uh from 13 Assassins. He's just vile and awful and depraved and really just sets the tone uh, for everything that happens in that movie throughout. Uh, and he has such a presence throughout the movie, just being awful that I, I, I couldn't see any others. but I I think they definitely needed recognition, but we'll, we'll see if uh, other folks felt the same way as me. So um, Evan, did you have other folks for this category? You know, I have
1: Lord Narutsugu. I have Ace. I have Harry. So I feel like we almost have bingo. There is One other villain that I would like to put in here for consideration. And I think it, you know, this villain is 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 so sinister that it is the evil that that is that permeates two of the films that we watched. I would like to nominate for the Sinister Soul Award Capitalism in Glengarry Glen Ross and Empire Records. (laughs) I just, I threw up in my <laughs> mouth a little bit. Just a little bit. And then Lord Naritsugo, and then...
2: He <laughs> <simultaneously>. <laughs> so, so here's the obvious one, because we talked about it so much, is that the uh, Lord uh, Naritsugo uh, is like the number one. Knew that, hands down, okay, fine. I also considered Fergie, and I dismissed him almost straight away. and And you said it very well about the amount of time, because to me... He feels more like a character with the amount of screen time that he gets. And you don't really get to develop him. Back to the, would have been better as a long term. You also only hear about the things he's done. Yeah. So, and here, but here was the long shot. No one mentioned it. So, so it's not going to last. I also considered Bernie from Miller's Crossing because he is such a chaotic wild card. He doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't have anything like he he just acts in his own interest that as a villain, he's, um, it's a very interesting one, but, but clearly it has to be 13 assassins. Yeah. Lord uh, Naritsugu that, that wins. Like it just has to, how how do you, how do you compare against that? Yeah. I don't know that
1: he's going to get knocked off this
2: wall for even, 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 uh, capitalists forces can't compete against the arrows and the blades.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had some other folks in this category who I considered to, I think, I think the one that's maybe worth a call out to who just, I didn't quite make my list was uh, Barnes from uh, platoon Sergeant Barnes, uh, mm. who's, you know, again, kind of propels that forward. But yeah, I mean, it's just, none of them have quite the, the presence and level of awful uh, that, you know, Lord Naratsugu has. He does terrible things and you want him to die and just, Even when he does, you still hate the way he does that. Um, So, uh, Lord Naritsugu, wherever you are now, uh, we will uh, commemorate your passage uh, with a Missy Award and arrows uh, for the Sinisteral Award, Sinister Soul Award. Congratulations on being the worst. Uh, Moving right along uh, in a not unrelated uh, category, we have the Demise... To Remember Award. Uh, this is celebrating the most emotionally impactful and memorable death scene in a movie. Uh, Evan, it's to you to put forward our nominees for the demise to remember.
1: Well, first and foremost, um, because I think we've we've talked about it several times. I think that Ken, played by Brendan Gleason in In Bruges, has one of the most spectacular death scenes. But like you, Chris, I had uh, a fairly lengthy list for for The Demise to remember. So I would say Cannon in Bruges is number one. Uh, Willem Dafoe in Platoon, I think, is a solid number two for me. Any of the 13 Assassins? Number three, the Tommy Gunn jitterbug from Miller's Crossing, from number four. And then, of course, uh, Mark dying in the Guar fantasy sequence in Empire Records. Uh, a, a solid fifth. But but for me, number one and two, uh, Kennan in Bruges and Willem Dafoe in Platoon.
0: Uh, Michael, uh, how about yourself? Uh, any other uh, uh,
2: demises to remember for you? My number one thing, I actually... I, I agree with you completely about Sergeant Elias in Platoon. Like I thought, for me, if you think about the emotional side that it has at that point, because the build-up, the word "emotional" in this category, I think really um, makes it for me because he's done so many things, he's represented so many things that that's why he made it number one. My second one is going to be kind of as dumb in a way as the capitalism thing, so bear with me. But I think in about time. The loss of the dad, even though you don't see it, um, even though you don't see the loss of the dad, I think that is incredibly impactful and, and emotional. The way that they handle it, so it's almost like that Sherlock thing about the um, the dog that didn't bark in the night. The fact that you don't see it, it almost has more of an impact. So that that would be the second one that I really considered, but it has to be Sergeant Lies for me in Platoon. Yeah, so I had
0: um, a number of nominees in this category, uh, like Evan. Uh, Evan already uh, hit on some of them for me. Um, the, the one that I actually was thinking about as I uh, was kind of going down this list that wasn't called out was um, Jem's death in The Town. Uh, for some reason, that is for me like one of those ones that actually sticks with me when he kind of like goes out guns a blazing at the end uh, of that movie. And then specifically from 13 Assassins is the the basically double death of uh, Shinsemon and uh, Lord Narutsugu uh, at that at the end of that movie. I love the way that they all get to go out in that movie, but in particular, those two, uh, just because it kind of demonstrates the folly of the entire premise of that movie ultimately too. Right. Um, but I, I, I did have Brendan Gleason as my number one, just because I think that death is both emotionally impactful. It drives the story forward to, um you know, save Ray. It's got brilliant bits of like, take the gun and it doesn't work. And it's just also like incredibly visceral and impactful when it happens. So that, that would be my number one uh, out of this category. Where do we land on this then? Well,
2: uh, Ken was my number one as well. So. I I think that settles it because the, it's funny when you mentioned, I also considered, I didn't mention, but I also considered the town. I thought that's one of the, it's an incredible scene. The one that you mentioned, because it is so realistic. It's just, it's so brutal. It just happens. Whereas something like the Elias one is, like almost this one step away from the one from Miller's crossing in terms of the acting, but the emotional impact, uh, I think that, what you both describe about but in Bruges, of course, like that, that is the emotional impact of his sacrifice is incredible. So, yeah, you know, I am very happy to go in that direction. So well played, uh, Mr. Gleason and, and let's take it from there. We will, uh, package up a uh, package of giant
0: blood-filled water balloons to pack the Missy in when he ship it to Brendan Gleason so that he can pop them all. W- with appropriate bills. Yeah, 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 that's right. Appropriate coinage so he can climb a tower and drop them all on unsuspecting people uh, in Bruges. Um, so uh, moving right along, uh, the Demise to Remember uh, Missy award goes to Brendan Gleason And the next category for us, Uh, is the Visual Spectacle Award. This celebrates the best-looking movie that has stunning cinematography and visuals that leave you in awe. Michael, to you for our nominees for
2: the Visual Spectacle Missy Award. Okay, so I I considered two things. I I really, as as much as I made fun of uh, Vertigo, I think that visually it's just, it's incredibly compelling the colors, the scenes that they pick, the scenery, like it's it's intense. Um, but my number one thing that I really thought about, because it's a combination of sort of the cinematography and the the visuals, I really have to go with Miller's Crossing. I think that the just the cinematography is what nails it for me. It's the combination of that and the scenery that for me, that is the most impactful one that I have to say that that's my number one pick.
0: Interesting. I looked at as I went down this list, uh, two two movies that stood out uh, for me. One was Vertigo. I mean, I think it's hard to argue. I mean, it might be overhyped, but part of the reason for all the hype is uh, everything to do with the camera and the visuals in that movie. The storytelling, uh, you know, is... Whatever for me, but the vi- the visuals were what stood out and what I really hooked on to when I did that. That's the, probably one of the few where watching without sound really did pay off. Uh, and the other category for me uh, or sorry, movie in this category was um, Amadeus. Uh, I just found something incredibly. Lush and vibrant in every single scene in that movie and everything you looked at and the way it was shot with natural light was really great. And and one of the movies that I think just deserved a little bit of a, a, a an honorable mention for me, um, Vertigo is ultimately... Um, My my pick in this one, but uh, an honorable mention to was actually 13 Assassins, because a lot of the things that stood out for Amadeus were also true for me uh, in 13 Assassins. So, um, Evan, any other ones for you in this one?
1: No, I for me, it was Amadeus and Vertigo. And as much as we have sort of exactly said the Vertigo is overhyped cinemographical level at a production design level at a credits level it's 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 just it's so it's so good it looks so good and amadeus also looks so good so it's a real toss up for me there Man, i think maybe vertigo edges it out just a little bit especially because we still have a, a piece of cinematography that we use today that we call the vertigo zone and that, that to me, uh, that to me really nails it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think if if you went and look, looked and said, you know, especially in this category where you say which of these has had a greater impact on cinema and the way we use, you know, that that visual, um, you know, play or movement or framing to tell that story. I mean, Amadeus is beautiful, but like vertigo is pointed to by all these directors for a reason because for a lot of them it was the movie that taught them how to do it and i just think that that lasting impact uh you know has to have uh some some weight in this conversation too so uh is that is it vertigo
1: is it vertigo vertigo. by
0: nose or vertigo by a mile or vertigo from the height of a, a dizzying tower all the way up? I I think it's all the way up.
1: It's Vertigo. All the way up so that
0: later on someone can push it all the way down. And it goes spinny, spinny. Uh, Well, then uh, congratulations uh, to Alfred Hitchcock uh, for receiving recognition for his cinematography, I guess, because he's never gotten that before, right? Uh, Well, so the Missy Award for the visual spectacle uh, goes to uh, Vertigo. Uh, Amazing. So uh, we have four big categories left to go we're going to take a quick break and get into i think maybe some of the more debatable uh awards uh coming up after the break Welcome back. So uh, if ever there was a movie uh, that would spawn some debate, uh, well, we're about to give it an award because this is our Conversational Catalyst Award, uh, the Missy Award that's going to be given to a film that serves as the perfect conversation starter and ignites passionate Uh, So I had a number of movies in this category that I went through, but for me, there was really only one that really was at the top of the heap. Some of the ones that I found on this list that were worth mentioning was Vertigo. Uh, we, I think that was one of our first episodes where we really got into whether was it good, was it not, which parts did we like. Uh, I, I found uh, our conversation about Jacob's Ladder uh, to be uh, very interesting, but f- for me, the passionate debates uh, really probably had to go to. There's something about Mary because I've never seen Evan so heated. Like it's the he loves everything, and man did he hate that movie, Evan,
1: did you have other movies for this category? I did. There were two movies on this list. uh I was really, really hoping that you were going to say Empire Records in yours because I think that was a really great uh conversational catalyst award, but my two were Harold and Maud and Jacobs Ladder. I think both of those are movies that you can go pretty deep on that they are divisive in their own ways, that they uh, reward repeat viewings, and that the fan base for them uh, is very, very passionate. And because of that, if you want to start a passionate debate,
2: bring up one of those two movies and and you got it. So I went a little bit different with, with these two uh, or, or with this category. I went a little bit different thinking about two options. I was thinking around... Fast and the Furious and asking someone their their whole view about this franchise. Like, is it more like Radiohead where you like the early stuff and then you completely lost track of what they did later, or you've been with them uh, along the way? And then the second one following the same theme is Empire Records. Is that more like smash mouth um, all-star where it's like, you really like this one thing for the one thing that they did and you never heard of them again and they never did anything. So in terms of conversation starter, if you, if you brought those two up, I think you would have a pretty good conversation going. Uh, And it's amazing that we didn't kind of like end up with any of the same ones for this, but, but those were my two nominees. Okay. Well, we, we, we had,
0: a little bit of overlap on Jacob's ladder, and I am uh, I am happy
1: to to uh, boost Empire Records. <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, just, if, just in case it needs to, just in case, not just in case you, oh, you you didn't know this. Don't I, I actually, worry,
0: Evan. I'll make sure it wins an award later.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so I, I mean, I think I think I think this is the interesting thing, right? Like I think some of these movies, like Harold and Mod for for me, was not a movie that. I mean, was debated because I didn't like it so much. Um, and I think, you know, for Michael too, and you you did. But I, I, the things I found about Vertigo and Jacob's Ladder was there were threads you could pull on and people could read it in a different way, go in a different direction, take a different interpretation. Like, that's where I think those, those two movies uh, got really interesting. Some of the others were like, I like, I didn't like is a little bit more direct, but I found those two were the ones that actually, you know, you can go in different directions like we did in the Vertigo episode talking about that movie where Michael liked aspects that we didn't. We liked aspects that he didn't. We thought the story worked or didn't. Like there's a lot of different takes I found on, on that one. So I'd say, I don't know where, where do we, where do we go? Can someone convince me other than Vertigo? Uh,
1: you know what? I will back you on Jacob's ladder. As much as I want Empire Records to win a, uh, uh, an award that, that uh, isn't the pits. Honorable. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I really do think that, that Jacob's Ladder, amongst people who liked it and amongst people who didn't like it. As you say, Chris, you can pull on threads and you can go really deep into that movie. And, uh, and you know how deep I was going. Trying to figure out the symbolism and and the things behind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, So Jacob's Ladder. I'm I'm willing to back you on that.
0: I think the the hard part for me about that one is, would it be a movie I would ever want to go back and talk about again? And probably not because I didn't like it. That's where I'm like, I
2: don't know that I I want to venture into that territory again. I love that movie, but I would not the reason I didn't bring it up is like it's not a conversation starter because you start strike up a conversation with someone and they can be like, which movie? What? What? So I think it's it's like it it's voted out by default because it's not something that people know about. Which is why I went with kinda of like more of these ones that actually have generated a lot of debate. So you know it, it is true it, if we said it's for a conversation starter and you're like so what would you think of vertigo and people are like who what i mean it was in it was in the genre so it wasn't the co- category so like yeah we called it a conversation starter it's true it's true okay yeah
1: no you're right i uh, uh, as it is the perfect conversation starter i think everyone's seen empire records and it's awesome so empire records there you go.
0: Evan, Evan has uh, uh, seized power, I think, in his kingmaker authority, and Huzzah. is now the king. Is that how this is working? So, is this going to be another push category? Are we are we going to come to terms here, or are we just uh, going to have to uh, accept that none of
2: us have quite landed in the same spot on this? And I mean, look if you're if you're comfortable with this being again the equivalent of Smash Mouth All Star, then go ahead. Empire Records wins it. Uh, nobody's voting nobody's voting. Are you voting for Empire Records? I mentioned it. I didn't vote for it. I I thought that this is not the right I one. I thought
1: you said that it was your
0: number 2 pick. It is. It was my number 2 pick. Okay. No, he meant he meant number 2 is in poop. Like it's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, That that's the award coming later. The number 2 pick. Um so okay, I mean if you guys are going to put that in as a conversational catalyst uh i'm going to regret everything about this episode that jacob's ladder and empire records are getting a real award but um i mean hey i'm not going to stop you guys from ganging up and making terrible decisions about your lives that's fine you can do that uh and i will time travel back uh like tim like from about time to try to Make you make better choices, just crawl into a dark closet, close your eyes, and clench your fists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't worry, I'm already doing half of that. Uh, so, um, the Missy Award for Conversational Catalyst goes to uh, the steaming number two, uh, Empire Records. Yay! Uh, um, all right, moving right along, this is probably uh, our our biggest award uh, that you can uh, because it bears a very honorable and important name. The you should not miss this award for the most tragically underappreciated film that deserves more recognition and attention. Michael, I believe it's to you for our nominees.
2: Okay. So I don't think that these two picks will surprise you. The, Two picks that I kind of put forward was about time because I think that uh, watching it, it'll make you happy and it, it'll make you think better uh, about life and how you do it. I also considered In Bruges for similar but opposite reasons because it's uh, it'll make you hard and possibly think worse about some aspects of life, but but they have the core around that they, they make you reconsider something. Like These are movies that leave you better off in some way than than when you walk into them. So so these are my two nominations for this category. Interesting. All right. Uh, Evan, how about yourself? I think
1: for the most tragically underappreciated film that deserves more recognition and attention, I'm going to say The Town. I think that that film is one that should not be missed, that it is truly tragically underappreciated. And that I think more people should watch it. So The Town is mine. Glengarry Glen Ross, maybe number two, because as we said, there are amazing performances in that. And it sort of kind of stayed missed. But The Town is is really my vote for that.
0: Oh, uh, interesting. This is a, a, a tough, a tough, tough one. Um, it's, you know... Part of the the thing I struggled with when I was looking at movies for this category was do old movies that receive acclaim and attention but aren't necessarily in the, you know, cultural lens, cultural view as much anymore kind of qualify for this? Um, because I think there's some movies where you'd say like... They were acclaimed, but people aren't aware of them now. So for me, one of the ones that I did honestly think about for this one was Amadeus, which is bizarre because it won a bunch of Academy Awards, but it's one that like now when I've spoken to a number of people about it, they're like, what movie, huh? Like, and it's kind of one of those, like, it doesn't seem to have the same resonance that a lot of these other movies have, like Enter the Dragon people still get, but I've, I've spoken to a number of people who are like, Amadeus, what's that about? And you're like, really? Wow. Okay. Um, So that wasn't my number one pick, but it was one that I, you know, bizarre way. I was like, I feel like it is appreciated as it was. It hasn't necessarily maintained uh, that for a lot of kind of awareness for people. But um, one of the movies that I put down uh, here uh, also was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, though not necessarily the one that I think is necessarily the one most deserving of it. But the, the, the other two I had was 13 assassins um, because It's great, and I feel like most people just haven't ever even heard or seen of that uh, but the other one I had too was The Town um, because I was surprised coming into this podcast that both of you guys had never seen it it was kind of one of the early picks for us about getting going and and you know you guys hadn't seen it weren't aware of it didn't realize it was out there uh, and I think that's been true for a lot of folks but the folks who have all seen it are all like yeah you should see this movie it's a fun movie and it's pretty accessible and you can watch it with most folks and uh, The Town was definitely um, one of my top contenders for this one too so uh i don't know uh michael you michael do you want to uh try to talk us out of this one
2: no i'll, I'll talk you into it actually because i think amadeus is a non-starter because of what Agreed. you said like you, you you can't call it sort of like underappreciated it was very much appreciated now if we call the category most forgotten that that'd be one thing but i actually agree That's with you for about next time. town. yeah yeah the 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 town really had that for me as well it's like i I only vaguely remembered having seen the poster and the thing show up. I knew nothing about it. I I couldn't tell you aside from you that anyone I ever no one had ever talked to me about that movie. So I think from for that reason, it actually fits that category very well, and we all enjoyed it. So. I, I can very easily talk us into that movie. Awesome. Well, that was easier than I expected. So the
0: Missy Award for the You Should Not Miss This Award, the most tragically underappreciated film that we've watched so far anyway... Goes to the town. Uh, ben Affleck, congratulations! Uh, we will uh, be sending you uh, the award uh, in a van full of scary, scary nuns, uh, and uh, you can do with that what you will. Um, moving right along, we're we're going to take a little bit of a switch here. Uh, instead of group awards for our last two awards uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna hand out the awards uh movies uh, to movies individually uh here so the next award uh we will each hand out an award for and that's the the shoulda stayed missed award that's presented the film that each of us wishes had stayed missed because it was not something we in. Enjoyed. So, um, I believe this is to Michael first for his nominee or his pick, I
2: guess, uh, in this category. M- Michael, what's the movie that should have stayed missed for you? Okay, so the runner-up for me was Harold and Maude. It was a close one because for so much of it, I just I really didn't care for it. But it, it actually has a super nice finishing third, maybe quarter of the movie that saves it from this award. The winner hands down for me is Empire Records. Uh, it was not as much as I could kind of look for some some like nice little nuggets in there. And I did uh, overall like this. Uh, I, I I could easily have missed it and I would not. My life would have been perfectly OK. Shot through the heart. Yeah, I um, I.
0: I am right there with you. My should have stayed missed award uh, also goes to Empire Records. I found nothing redeeming about that movie. Watching it, uh, I uh, am enraged every time uh, I think about it. Um, I uh, my my runner up for this was Jacob's Ladder, uh, which I didn't particularly enjoy i didn't like watching um didn't like going back through for for uh the podcast a couple times um and i'm furious that both of these movies have received any recognition uh, on this show as well. So, uh, Evan, how about you? What's the movie for you that should have stayed missed? I think I
1: know. But- I think you know. And I also think that uh, both of you are um, wrong in your picks. But um, that said, uh, I think there's an obvious winner here uh, for me. The should have stayed missed and my life would have been better for it. Is there something about Mary? What? a pile of trash. So there we go. There's something about Mary should have stayed missed. Well, two votes for empire records and one for something
0: about uh, Mary. these
1: uh, are individual, the these individual words. <laughs> uh, so, Oh, to be clear, cluster, two, two are you awards. Me the high hat. Are you giving me the high hat? I
0: I absolutely no, I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to Empire Records. Um, So uh, moving on to our final uh, individual award. So three more uh, in this category, which is the how did I miss this award, which recognizes the movie that each of us uh, found most exceeded our expectations. It surpassed what we thought it would be. So uh, I guess we're starting with me. Um, I went down the list of movies, uh, here. I think one of the tricks for me when I was thinking about this was it needed to be, um, something I hadn't seen, uh, to some degree. I mean, it seemed like it, I already had expectations on any of the movies that I had watched. Um, so the, the two that came out, um, for me at the top of this list uh amadeus which is a tricky one because i'd seen it when i was tiny but i didn't really remember it but i thought that movie was great it was exceptional it is i don't know everything you want from a film experience great acting great directing great visuals just everything about that movie was great um but Going in, I already knew it won a bunch of awards. I already knew it won a bunch of, you know, acclaim. Uh, The movie for me that actually most exceeded uh, my expectations, and I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, let alone have it recorded, was The Fast and the Furious. I thought that movie was going to be a steaming pile of Empire records. uh, And in fact, I really enjoyed watching the first one. I don't know that that will stay together for me, but like my expectations were so low going into watching that movie. Um, and I was uh, delightfully uh, surprised. So my my choice for the How Did I Miss This Award was The Fast and the Furious. At least the first one. We'll see if it holds
1: uh, up. Uh, Evan, how about your choice for the your How Did I Miss This? Well, for the How Did I Miss This Award, there was only one That stood out for me in the same way that there's something about Mary uh, should have stayed Miss. There was one movie that um, truly exceeded my expectations and surpassed uh, what I thought it would be. It was the one movie that I was actually dreading watching and genuinely enjoyed. And that goes to About Time. That puts a, a big smile on Michael's face. The most um, joy
0: a Swedish person has ever felt was just <laughs> experienced by Michael. Uh,
1: I I genuinely enjoyed that movie and uh, it it really surprised me. It surprised me how much I liked it. So about time for the How Did I Miss This Award.
2: Uh, and Michael, final, final one. So it's interesting. I... I- strongly considered the town for this for the the reasons we talked about earlier never heard of it i went in with very low expectations i thought why are we starting off this entire podcast series for that but the the winner for me for the exact same reasons you mentioned the fast and the furious i went in expecting to think that this was the the most ridiculous thing ever and and instead i was like wow that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty cool yeah they're pretty good yeah that's like there was so much about that that just exceeded And you can say super low expectations and exceeded that. Sure. But I think, I think it is probably a good movie, but just in terms of the, the exceeding my expectations, it's a hands down winner. Yeah, I, yeah,
0: exactly. And I think, I think that's the real trick is you can expect a movie to be great. Cause you've heard it's great. And then you go in and it's great. All right, that's fine. But when you go in dreading seeing a movie and come out, you know, happy and delighted uh you know i think that's a big part of what we're doing this podcast for and why we like watching movies together is to surprise each other with stuff that isn't a steaming pile of garbage sometimes uh and sometimes sometimes it is yeah sometimes it is who knew well that uh is i guess it for our first missy so the big winner tonight i think i'm a little surprised by i don't know about you guys but it's in Bruges. So, in Bruges, uh, just came away with three Missy Awards in our inaugural uh, "How Did You Miss This?" Uh, wall of Fame episode. So, uh, in Bruges is going up onto the Wall of Fame uh, for uh, Wanderlust Cinema, the most uh, uh, in, enticing uh, real life film location. Uh, it's going up for the f bomb award, which was, I mean, I think it was a dark horse uh, coming in. Uh, so, goes up for the f bomb award for best cursing. And it also goes up for the demise to remember uh, for Brendan and Gleason's uh, explosion. So congratulations to in Bruges uh, walking away with two missies uh, tonight. Three. Uh, uh, three missies tonight. Uh, Evan can count and I cannot. Well done. Um, the next big winner, which I'm maybe... Not as big a winner uh, in this particular case is Vertigo. Uh, it won for visual spectacle, for the use of uh, cinematography and visuals throughout a movie, which it certainly uh, deserves. However, it also goes into the um, Wall of Shame Part of our wall of fame uh, for being the most overrated and overhyped movie uh, that we've watched so far. So a uh, mixed bag for Vertigo there, which was, I think, how we felt about it when we talked about it. Another movie that actually uh, did pretty well tonight as well was 13 Assassins. Uh, hey, congratulations, 13 Assassins. Uh, it got up on the wall of fame twice. Uh, once uh, for the Adrenaline Rush Award for uh, Best Action for that giant running last battle scene. Uh, the other one it got up there for was the Sinister Soul Award for the evil, evil, evil Lord Naritsugu, uh, who um, maybe it will make him feel something, uh, and that will be nice for him. Uh, some other movies uh, that made it up onto our Wall of Fame today. Uh, the Slow Burn Appreciation Award went to Jacob's Ladder Uh, for a movie you've got to watch more than once. The Melodic Masterpiece for Amadeus for Great Use of Music. Uh, The Cringe Worthy Classic to Evan's favorite movie ever, There's Something About Mary, for the movie that just didn't hold up uh, after some time had passed. The Conversational Catalyst Award for uh, Empire Records, a movie that sparks debate, um, which is probably only true from people who lived through the 90s and like that movie. Uh, And uh, the other award, which is pretty auspicious. Uh, though only winning in one category was the shoe. You should not miss this award for the town. The movie that we felt was just kind of underrated and didn't get enough attention. Um, And then of course our individual picks Uh, me picking um, empire records as my should have stayed missed, which I have a feeling will hold up for a very, very, very long time in my personal corner of the wall of fame and the fast and furious, which surprised and delighted me. Uh, Evan, uh, had there's something about Mary for his should have stayed missed and man, I thought for a guy who loves every movie that was a shocker to me when we did the episode, but not a shocker tonight because he does not fail to remind me how much he hated that one just as I <laughs> like to remind him about empire records. Uh, and his pick was about time for the, how did I miss this? Uh, surprising and surpassing his expectations, uh, for a lovely, uh, little rom-com uh sorry michael i said rom-com about about time i'm sorry uh and uh michael's picks uh were the same as mine empire records for the should have stayed missed and the fast and the furious award uh being um the one that surpassed his expectations so i mean clearly a bit of a trend with evan uh evan's movies missing and hitting for michael and i he's he's uh All over the place, uh, sometimes right in the pocket, sometimes way outside. But um, that does it for our uh, initial version of the Missy Awards. Michael, Evan, do you guys have any last thoughts before we sign off here? Nope. Nope. Well, there you have it in insightful analysis and deep thinking recap of the night by Evan and Michael. Uh, And well, that's what we thought about the movies we have seen. And we'd love to know what you thought about our choices for the awards and if you think there was a better choice anywhere you can always email us at HowDidYouMissThis at gmail.com Send us any questions or thoughts you might have had and let us know if there's a movie that you'd like us to cover so you know whether it's worth watching If you enjoy what we're doing here, do us a favor take a second to rate, review or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening and we actually won't be back with you next week like usual We're going to be taking a couple weeks off to enjoy the summer, travel, uh, move house and do all sorts of stuff like that so we'll be back with you in september and in the meantime thanks for listening we'll
2: talk to you then wrong (laughs) oh sorry i just felt that i wanted to correct you on that point because that was not the right answer